with all the coverage of the war in Ukraine, listenership kind of stalled out, so I had a silent threat that I wasn't going to do another podcast until that listenership got up. And you did me proud. You did me proud. We had a record week. So we are back in the doghouse. What's up, everybody? It is your boy, D-Roy, and this is the Doghouse Fantasy Football Podcast. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at RoyDog underscore 13, and still going over on Facebook. Haven't gotten kicked off yet, although I haven't put anything up that's necessarily going to get me kicked off, so I got that going for me, which is uh, nice. I I don't know. I gotta really put something out there that's gonna get me the fuck kicked off over there. I just I don't know. I hate Facebook with a passion. Oh you know what else I hate? I hate uh <laughs> here here's gonna be something unpopular. Uh I really hate uh you know with this war going over in Ukraine. Um you know, of course, you don't want to you don't want to see people dying in situations like that, uh, especially uh, for something that's completely fucking nonsense. Um, but the virtue, the virtue signaling really has to fucking stop. It just drives me up the goddamn wall. Um, people are like, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to do anything. Uh, I'm just I'm too overwhelmed with what's going on in the news. Turn the fucking news off. Get the fuck off social media. Jesus Christ. It always happens to be the people that are on social media way too goddamn much. And it's like, get a life, go for a fucking walk. Clear your fucking head. You got enough shit shit going on in your life that you don't need to be sitting there fucking just, just engorging yourself on just negative shit going on in the world and especially stuff that you and I can absolutely 100% not really do anything about. So unplug from it, get away from it. It's fine. Get your mental stability back. The problem with a plugged in, (laughs) Oh, God, just a plugged in society. We spend way too much time on our fucking phones. We spend too much time on the goddamn computer looking up shit. And then you know where you automatically go. You go to all the negative shit. You go to all the stuff, the death, the destruction, everything. And then you project it out on everybody else. Unfucking plug from all of it. Take a day. Take two days. I don't give a shit. Take a fucking week off and get away from it. My job here 
is not to go over what my thoughts and feelings are on everything. Um, in terms of shit going on in the real world, right? It's hard to get away from it, of course. But we're here for football, right? Fantasy football. Studying up. Unplugging from what's going on in the world. Even if it is just at an hour at a time. That's the goal. Just get away from it. Right now, I'm watching the Pittsburgh Penguins and Columbus Blue Jackets game. Currently tied 1-1. 17 minutes and 12 seconds left in the second period. Go Blue Jackets, I guess. I hate both of these teams. I just hate it. I love hockey, though. It's the only game on right now. So let's get into it. We're going to deal with the NFC South today. Fun, fun, fun. Just just a fun division all around, man. And, of course, we get to start with the Atlanta Falcons. Looking at them, uh, j- about $6.5 million over the cap right now. They have 13 offensive free agents, 12 defensive free agents, for a total of 25 free agents going into the 2022 free agent period. And as we always do, we start along the offensive line. Starting from left tackle to right tackle, your starters, Jake Matthews, Jalen Mayfield, Matt Hennessy, Chris Lindstrom, and Caleb McGarry. The starters actually did not rate out too bad, except at left guard where Jalen Mayfield was rated uh, below average. Everybody else, though, was rated, um, let's see, McGarry was rated uh, slightly above average. Uh, Jake Matthews would come next. He's in the green. He's in the darker green, though. He's in the seventy-point uh, profile over at Pro Football Focus. Matt Hennessy uh, rated over seventy-five. Chris Lindstrom over eighty. So the problem with this offensive line, though, is that it was not built for handling Arthur Smith, the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, his offense that he had brought in here. Uh, so there's probably going to be some changes. Uh, definitely in the you know backup uh, spots for sure. Considering the fact that you have guys like Jason Spriggs at tackle, he's an unrestricted free agent. Josh Andrews, uh, offensive guard, uh, who actually did not uh, play a snap this season, so he has no rating. Uh, Colby Gossett, another offensive tackle, he's a restricted free agent. Um, and then behind them. You have guys like Drew Dahlman and Rashad Coward, two offensive guards that were the only two that actually got on the field, so they had a, a, an actual rating. Other than that, you're looking at two offensive tackles and Rick Leonard and Willie Beavers never saw the field, and Ryan Newsel, another offensive guard, never saw the field. So they're already thin, so I would expect Atlanta to you know try to deal with this through the draft uh, primarily. Uh, and then probably look at the uh, you know the um, undrafted free agents uh, from this upcoming draft season. Moving on, we have the quarterback Matt Ryan actually rated out really well. Uh, he's probably he's in the top half at least of quarterback ratings this season. Uh, rated out in the dark green, which is the over seventy five 
behind him, you're going to have Josh Rosen, who is a restricted free agent. Also, A.J. McCarron, who did not see the field, unrestricted free agent, got hurt in training camp. Uh, pretty much leaving Felipe Franks right now as the backup to Matt Ryan. And, uh, yeah, um, looking at Felipe Franks in his draft class, uh, was not high on him whatsoever. I know a lot of people were just like, "Oh no! If you give Felipe Franks a chance, he, he's gonna he's gonna do something." No, he's not. Coming out of South Carolina, no, he he was god awful. Just held the ball way too much. Real, uh, real elongated throw. Uh, didn't like his arm slot whatsoever. Just frankly, to me, he didn't really move around all that well. So. Maybe in this draft, maybe they try to find that guy who's going to ultimately replace Matt Ryan. It's quite a possibility, but we're kind of in wait-and-see mode. Um, Moving on, we look at the fullbacks. You had Keith Smith as your primary fullback. Uh, Parker Hess, who was actually a tight end slash fullback, one of those hybrid type guys. Uh, Both of them rated slightly above average, so they're pretty good there. Um, at running back, you have Mike Davis, woof, woof, rated average. We stayed away from him, uh, in the 2021, uh, fantasy football season. Um, everybody trying to push him up into the third and fourth round. And we we're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Understand the system that he's in, but just the player as a whole, we weren't buying into what he did in 2020, um, filling in for Christian McCaffrey with the Carolina Panthers. So we completely stayed away. Now, Corderell Patterson comes in and did a did a good job in the first half, but that second half of the season for 2021, woof, woof. I mean, if you sold if you sold high on on Patterson's draft uh, on Patterson's stock uh, during the season, I mean, you made out like a goddamn bandit. You made out like a bandit, and if you held on to him. You pretty much probably played him, and that's where your season went to shit. So, Corderell Patterson, unrestricted free agent, really only has value to the Atlanta Falcons. It's not going to go. I I wouldn't expect anybody to overpay for Corderell Patterson uh, when free agency hits. So, they're going to have to clear some cap space and get him re signed because unless they're drafting their running back of the future, uh, Good luck with that one. Kadri Allison still around there, rated out as average. And then you had Caleb Huntley, who's more of a third down back. He was one of those undrafted guys uh, that we were taking a look at in 2021. Wide receivers, one side, you got Tajay Sharp, unrestricted free agent. Behind him, Christian Blake, restricted free agent, both rated uh, below average this season. Austin Trammell and Chad Hansen backing up. Chad Hansen's that kid that uh, uh, we kind of picked up on waivers and just used in spot starts, especially in DFS, uh, for the Houston Texans in 2020. On the other side, still have Calvin Ridley listed, uh, although he's on the non-football injury report. Um, don't know what's going to happen with him. And until we know what's going to happen with him, uh, absolutely stay away. Uh, best ball drafts, maybe you're going to take a look at him, but you're going to look at him only if he falls in, like, say, you know, the 20th round or later, uh, somewhere where he's just, you know, he's 
I don't want to say value, but it's just a guy who, if he steps onto the field, whether it's with Atlanta or somebody else, could actually bring back a hell of a lot of value. We do like the player. Uh, we just don't like the situation. Olamide Zakisis, behind him, restricted free agent Frank Darby, everybody's fucking darling uh, from Arizona State. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, good old Frank Darby. And if you remember what I said about Frank Darby, he is the wide receiver version of Kalen Balaj. Guy that everybody gets hyped up about when you really look at his tape. Um, look, look at any, any of his film. You're just like, really? That's the guy you fucking want, huh? All right, we'll let you make the mistake. Uh, Braden Linus bringing up the rear over there. Uh, Russell Gage have him listed in the slot. Uh, that's his primary role, although he had moved over where uh, Calvin Ridley uh, vacated when he you know, decided that uh, just football wasn't for him. So Russell Gage, unrestricted free agent. Again, probably a guy that the Falcons are more high on than anybody else. But who knows? If they can't afford him, Russell Gage is a third option on on a on a passing offense for somebody else. You know, he could be valuable. Maybe not for fantasy, but definitely um for the team that he would land on. Moving on to the Atlanta Falcons defense, we had Dante Fowler, the outside linebacker. He was cut already uh to save some cap space here. The defensive line uh, you have Grady Jarrett back to who you know still had a decent year. He was slightly above average, not one of his more glorious seasons. But I mean, when you look at the season as a whole for this defense, did you expect anything else? So Grady Jarrett, Jarrett kind of falling um, in his PFF ranking wasn't really that big of a surprise. He's really the only guy along that defensive line of you know anything worth a shit, but. Behind him, Marlon Davidson, Tyquan Graham, Nick Thurman, and Duke Leishfer. Um Nobody who's worth worth a lick getting in the start there. Uh, at nose tackle, Tyler Davison, mic'd up, uh, mic'd up, backed up by Mike Pennell. Uh, again, uh, below average players. It just they need to start replacing some of these guys. Um, and, and building this defense up, it's going to take, to, you know, we talked about it, it's probably going to take about three years. So they're they're going into year two. We'll have to see what they do um, during the draft process. Uh, Jonathan Buller bringing up on the other on the uh, outside. Again, he's hitting uh, free agency unrestricted. Behind him, John Kaminsky, Anthony Rush, and Quentin Bell. Uh, nobody else, again, worth a shit to start. Outside linebacker, Stephen Means, unrestricted free agent, backed up by also another unrestricted free agent, Brandon Copeland, and Rashad Smith. Again, below average, uh, very big weakness. Of course, that was the Dante Fowler spot, so um, they're going to be moving on here. Deion Jones, Michael Walker, Dorothy, uh, Dorian Etheridge, who's an unrestricted free agent, really big weak spot right behind Grady Jarrett there. So there was a nice, nice hole coming right in between Jarrett and Davison, right up Deion Jones's face right there. Um, they definitely got to get that uh, fixed. 
duct tape it, do something. Um, otherwise, we're going to be able to start running on this team very easily in 2022. Uh, for Hassad Oleokin, <laughs> backed up by Darren Bates, uh, both unrestricted free agents. Now, Bates is going to look as an elite player uh, based on his rating. Uh, Darren Bates did not play that much. We talked about this in the last in the last episode. Yeah, you got to take some of these backup guys with a grain of salt um, just for the plain simple fact that you could play six snaps, you could be great in those six snaps, get injured, and then you look like a complete stud. It's pure poppycock half the time. Uh, Oleukin uh, and Bates are both unrestricted free agents. Oleukin uh, was also below average, so they have to work on their inside linebacker spot uh, for sure. Uh, back out on the other side, on the outside, you have Emmanuel Ellerby, backed up by <sighs> Editokunbo Ogondele, uh, James Vaughters, and Jordan Brayford. Uh, Emmanuel Ellerby was slightly above average, so he is he's probably more of a stopgap type outside linebacker. Um, he's not going to be somebody that's going to be there for the long haul, so he'll get them. He'll get them to the next year when they can get another uh, edge defender out there in the draft or whether, you know, they get this cap situation fixed uh, for the long haul and they can get a a free agent of some kind uh, at the outside linebacker position there. Safeties, Richie Grant, strong safety, backed up by Sean Williams and Luther Kirk. Uh, Richie Grant, he's okay, not great. Uh, rated out as average there. Uh, free safety, Duran Harmon. Unrestricted free agent backed up by Jalen Hawkins and another unrestricted free agent in Eric Harris. Harmon, also rated as average. Not really a guy that you're probably like, okay, we're all about getting him back on the field, but he's serviceable at the very least your corners let's start at the good corner and that's aj terrell who really bounced back from his rookie year there uh backed up by isaiah oliver who's an unrestricted free agent he got injured mm, a third to halfway through the season he actually wasn't doing too bad um so he might be he might be worth somebody that they should keep um even if you know in a couple of years stopgap there, D. Alford, Cornell Armstrong, uh, backing them up. On the other side, you had Fabian Moreau, unrestricted free agent, who they just need to let it go because you could pass on Moreau all damn day. Uh, he was a guy that we target in DFS. His backups: Darren Hall, Avery Williams, woof, below average there. Corey Ballantyne, Lafayette, Pitts never saw the field, and then your nickel corner was Kendall Sheffield, who was okay at times, but he was beatable uh, most weeks in that slot position. All right, next team we got here is the Carolina Panthers. Woohoo! Look at that new offensive coordinator, Ben McAdoo. Ben McAdoo, am I right? Ah, ah, yelling. All right, get the hell out of here. Carolina Panthers have $15 million in cap space. They have six offensive free agents, 12 defensive free agents uh, for a total of 18 free agents overall. And like usual, 
Offensive line. And this is offensive line in huge transition. They need they need to hit this hard to get to try and get this right. Uh, from left to right, you have Dennis Daly, Michael Jordan, Pat Elflin, uh, slightly below average. Trent Scott, who is an unrestricted free agent, was the weakest link. Goodbye. And then you have Taylor Mountain on the on the at the right tackle position. Uh, he actually was the highest rated of every single offensive lineman for the Carolina Panthers, and it wasn't even close. Uh, Moten is he's a building block type guy, so they need to get this right. They need to get this started, and it's going to start right in the middle uh, for sure, at, especially at the guard positions they need to really work on. Left tackle, you can survive with Daly or if Cam Irvin uh, can actually come back from injury. Should be okay in there. Pretty much whatever the best offensive lineman is available to them in the draft, that's who they should get and just not even worry about it. Uh, backups at tackles, you got Cameron Irving, who rated out as average. Aaron Montero, no rating because he didn't play. Also the same with Austin Pleasants. Uh, Brady Christensen rated slightly above average there. So he should be a nice little building block, at least for depth. Uh, your guards, you have John Miller, unrestricted free agent, probably as good as gone there, uh, rated slightly below average. Deontay Brown, whoo, way below average, way, 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 way down there, uh, almost as bad as Trent Scott. And then you have Mike Horton, uh, basically a practice squad offensive guard. Uh, backup centers, you have Sam Tecklenburg, uh who is, you know, he's worth keeping out of the roster as a depth guy. Uh, Matt Paradis, who is an unrestricted free agent, I believe he got hurt this year too. Uh, and that's why you have Elfin, Eflin at, uh, as your starting center. Um, Matt Paradis could be moved to guard if they really wanted to, um, or even put Paradis at center and move Eflin over. So if they decide to re- resign him, might not be too bad of an idea. Quarterback, we know the Cam Newton experience. That flamed out really quick. Uh, He's hitting uh, free agency unrestricted again. Sam Darnold, P.J. Phillip Walker uh, being the primary quarterback still there. Sam Darnold (laughs) rated out as average. Uh, His play after the first five games, though, way below average. Uh, I believe Sam Darnold was actually probably one of the highest-rated quarterbacks after five weeks, uh, mostly due to his running ability. Uh, And then that just kind of flamed out once teams started figuring out what exactly they were doing. You have Giovanni Ricci as your fullback there. He rated below average. And then at your primary running back spot, uh, Christian McCaffrey rated in the 80s. Uh, low 80s, I should say, for for uh, pro football focus. And then his backups, Chuba Hubbard, the rookie, uh, rated slightly above average. Didn't do too bad when he was in there, but it was like what I said. You give him a hole, he can run in a straight line. If you don't give him the hole, he has no lateral movement whatsoever. He can't move right to left. He can't do that stutter step. Uh, He was having issues with that. Amir Abdullah. Basically, third down specialist guy, uh, rated slightly above average. Spencer Brown and Darius Bradwell. Uh, Bradwell rated, whoo, really, 
really bad. Um, moving on to the wide receiver positions, and you know what? I we got we're gonna have to go back to the Falcons after we get done here because uh, actually let's do it right now because I forgot to talk about the tight end positions. Oh my god! See, that's the problem with doing these, doing these, and then not having. Uh, or not having, but just not wanting to actually go back and edit shit so I can actually put it in there. <laughs> How can you not talk about Kyle Pitts? Kyle Pitts wrote it out very, very well. He rated into the uh, mid to high 70s. Very good for a rookie tight end. He had a wonderful year. Um, the only problem is they didn't get the touchdowns that we were hoping for. Um, but, you know, he was a, he was a top five tight end. Top five tight end here, folks. So Kyle Pitts, definitely going to look at him again. Hopefully uh, just the negative thoughts of of him not having the touchdowns is going to give us maybe a little bit deeper dive uh, in terms of value. So maybe we'll get him in the sixth, seventh round, uh, something like that. Love it. Love that idea. His backups, Hayden Hurst and Lee Smith, both unrestricted free agents. Jaden Graham, restricted free agent. And the only guy who is signed to the roster, Daniel Helm, who is more of a blocking tight end. So now we go back to Carolina. We go talk about these wide receivers. So one side, you got DJ Moore. We love DJ Moore. Got a great value in him in one of my drafts. Uh, sixth round, took it every damn time. Uh, had, a, had a really good year. Again, would have liked to have seen more in the touchdown department, but... It is what it is. He still finished in the top 12 as a wide receiver one. Backed up by Shai Smith, C.J. Saunders, and Aaron Parker. On the other side, we have uh, Robbie Anderson, who really... He rated slightly above average. And as frustrating as he was, I had him all over the place. The thing with Robbie Anderson was it wasn't, it wasn't Robbie Anderson. It was a quarterback position. That was screwing him over. I mean, his targets, you know, you get these targets and no matter if, you know, it goes, <laughs> if it goes to his hands or if they throw it, you know, 10 feet away from him, it's still, they were, it's still considered a target. And with how wild that Sam Darnold was being. And then when you brought in Cam Newton and utilized Philip Walker, neither of those quarterbacks are accurate at all. It's just, it's going to hurt him. And so Robbie Anderson's probably going to be a double-digit type guy. Um, again, this year might even fall all the way to the end. I'm going to take another shot on Robbie Anderson. I am. Now, it depends on what's going on here um, at quarterback. If they decide to stick with Sam Darnold, it's a little bit harder. It's a little bit harder sell. Um, but Robbie Anderson, double-digit rounds, take him. Keep him on your bench. See what happens. Just see what happens. Uh, his primary backup and Alex Erickson hitting uh, free agency unrestricted. Brandon Zilstra uh, also unrestricted in the slot. Uh, I do still have him above uh, rookie Terrace Marshall, uh, who just really wasn't getting it together this season. And I don't know if that's just the, the shitty play at quarterback or what. Um, just kind of looked lost when he was running routes, to be honest. Uh, tight end. I had Tommy Tremble as the top tight end. And then 
the Carolina Panthers went and did something crazy and gave $18 million to Ian Thomas, you know, the guy who just can't catch or they just don't fucking throw to him. So, I mean, we're getting another three years of just Ian Thomas, just kind of Ian Thomas in the round. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So we're just going to have to deal with it. Basically, it's, I wouldn't, I'm not looking at anybody in the Carolina as far as a Carolina tight end. Uh, Ian Thomas rated below average. Tommy Tremble, average. Steven Sullivan, uh, even even worse. And then Colin Thompson, who got on the field for probably like three plays, um, just rated just right in the shitter. Right in the shitter. So we move to the Carolina Panthers defense. And we'll start from left to right if you have your depth charts on the screen. At defensive end, Brian Burns backed up by Marquise Haynes, who is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, both of those guys rated above average. Uh, Daryl Johnson, whoop, sh- right in the shitter. Uh, and then you have Austin Larkin, who I believe was actually injured most of the year. Uh, D-tackle, Derek Brown, not terrible. Phil Hoskins. Frank Heron backing them up. Daquan Jones at the other D-tackle position, uh, unrestricted free agent this season. Bravion Roy backing him up. That was kind of a really bad pick um, by Carolina, that Bravion Roy pick. It's just not working out for them. Um, Mike Panasic, he is an exclusive rights free agent. And then Davion Nix in the back. Uh, rated uh, slightly above average. So their rushing defense was like hit or miss. Like for the most part, I mean, it was way better than what it was in 2020. Uh, Don't get me wrong there, but they still have a lot of work to do there. Uh, Your other defensive end position, you have Morgan Fox backed up by Yetter, Gross Matos, Jacob Tuetti, Mariner, and Joe Jackson. Fox is okay. He's average. Uh, Yetter Gross Matos, he's slightly above average, so you're not really gaining that much uh, if Morgan Fox isn't there. Uh, so, I mean, it, they have guys that are serviceable along that defensive line. It's a lot better in Atlanta, at least. At your linebacker positions, you got Shaq Thompson backed up by Julian Stanford, unrestricted free agent, who seems to be an unrestricted free agent every goddamn year. So it's like he's signing one-year deals. Uh, Azur Kamara. Uh, on the back end there, Shaq Thompson rated out pretty well, uh, just above 70 rating on, on PFF. In the middle, you have Jermaine Carter Jr., unrestricted free agent. That's your weakest link uh, by far. In the linebacking core, he rated uh, was it, about a 40. So average, I put an average player, I put it about a 55 to 60 rating. So you get into the you get into those 40s, you're you're treading, you're treading really poorly. Uh, Hassan Reddick, who signed a one-year deal, unrestricted free agent. They'd be wise to probably resign him if they can, um, if they don't have to blow their budget out. Backed up by Frankie Louvu and Kamal Martin. Frankie Louvu again, rated slightly below elite. Again, watch, watch out for those ratings. Doesn't mean anything. Take a look. Uh, on Pro Football Focus, you'll see that he did not get a lot of playing time. 
Um, and most of that due to injury. So, uh, strong safety. You got Justin Burris, unrestricted free agent, rated as average. His backup, Sam Franklin, woof. And Sean Chandler, unrestricted free agent, slightly below average. Uh, free safety, they they hit a home run when they signed um, or when they drafted Jeremy Chin at their free safety position. Uh, he's going to be a guy he gets one more year, I believe, after this one. So they're going to have to get this improved, man. Miles um, Hartfield and Kenny Robinson backing him up there. Jeremy Chin's just a stud. We've seen it last year. They moving him all around. They'd move him to the slot. They'd move him uh, to the outside linebacking position out of need. Uh, the kid can just do it all. He's just really, really solid. On the outside, you have Dante Jackson hitting unrestricted free agent, rated slightly below average, backed up by Stanley Thomas Oliver III and Madre Harper. On the other side, Stephen Gilmore rated a 75-plus uh, as he came over to Carolina. They didn't get a full season, of course, out of him, but he's hitting free agency unrestricted after the trade with the New England Patriots, backed up by right now, well, your actual starter is going to be J.C. Horn as long as he comes back from uh, injury fine. Uh, rated slightly above average there. Keith Taylor, Rashawn Melvin, who is an unrestricted free agent, both rated as average. Uh, Troy Pride Jr., who should never see a field again. Uh, and then in your slot, you had C.J. Henderson, rated slightly below average. A.J. Bouye backing him up there. Uh, pretty much... From what I'm seeing here, they're going to want to work on their D-tackle right in the middle, that middle linebacker position. Strong safety, you could get away with Justin Burris as long as you got that fix in the, at the linebacking uh, level. Uh, and then probably take another shot at, at corner and see if you can get um, another decent player out of there. They seem to have a pretty decent, you know, um, idea what they're looking for as far as secondary players so they got that going for them which is nice now we head down to the big easy and the new orleans saints and just for a scoring update it is now two to one columbus blue jackets after the second period the new orleans saints actually worked on their cap situation if you do get the depth charts you are aware that they are now down 30 a uh, million from where they about thirty million from where they were. They are now only forty nine point nine million over the cap, so they're getting there. They're getting there. New Orleans has a total of eighteen free agents this upcoming season. Ten on the offensive side, eight on the defensive side. Looking at the Saints' offensive line, Teron Armstead at left tackle is an unrestricted free agent. Andres Pete, Eric McCoy, Cesar Ruiz, and Ryan Ramchek at the right tackle position. Pete, again, I keep stressing this, that the New Orleans Saints never should have signed him to a contract extension because he, he just continues to really underperform. Again, he's below average again this season. Eric McCoy did a pretty decent job at center. He was slightly above average. Cesar Ruiz average. Ryan Ramchek, the highest rated New Orleans Saints offensive lineman uh, at an 80-plus. So Teron Armstead, he's getting a bit long in the tooth. 
they're not going to be able to afford him. Um, so they're going to have to look elsewhere. Um, whether that means that they're going to have to look at their backups, that kind of remains to be seen. Uh, back off, backup offensive tackles, James Hurst. He's the highest rated of all the backup offensive tackles. You got Caleb Benach and Gerald Hawkins, uh, Jordan Mills and Landon Young. Outside of J- uh, James Hurst, there's nobody that you would even think of putting at that left tackle spot. So could that be a spot that they look in the draft? They might might want to take a look at that. Backups at guards, you have Calvin Throckmorton, which is just a great name, uh, but not a great player. Uh, James Carpenter rated slightly above average. Uh, as a backup, Ethan Greenridge, <laughs> Greenage, Greenage, Ethan Greenage. Is that? Oh, it actually is right. Uh, he's <laughs> he's a restricted free agent. Did not see the field whatsoever. The only guy that they had listed as being a backup to Eric McCoy at center was a basically a um, uh, practice squad player in Cole Cabral. Um, I don't believe if Eric McCoy gets hurt that they would ever put Cole Cabral there. You'd have Cesar Ruiz move over and then James Carpenter move up uh, to that right guard position. So they got a lot of work to do. Um, They were not left in a a good position here for new head coach Dennis Allen, who was the defensive coordinator, but he knows what he was in for when he took the job. So, Alrighty, we go to the quarterback. You got Taysom Hill, uh, backed up by Jameis Winston, who we know towards ACL. Unrestricted free agent, not a great deal. Uh, Trevor Simeon, unrestricted free agent. Ian Book, woof. Just a bad spot for him for a rookie to get thrown into. Uh, and then they did actually pick up Blake Bortles um, on a future reserve contract. So they do have Book and. Bortles there, I don't think either one is going to be uh, a guy that they're going to really take a look at for the starting quarterback position. So, I mean, really, they got to fix that Taysom Hill contract or just fucking get rid of him. I don't give a shit. Um, you're not going to pay Taysom Hill the kind of money that he is owing that contract if he's a quarterback. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with that whole thing once free agency starts. Uh, Adam Prentice is your fullback rated slightly above average. All the running backs were actually rated slightly above average outside of Josh Adams, uh, who was a practice squad player, but Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Dwayne Washington, who's an unrestricted free agent and Tony Jones jr. were all very similar in rating. It was really weird when I built this up and saw that, um, it's not going to get much better. It's not going to get much better unless they get that offensive line, uh, straightened out, to be completely honest with you. At wide receiver, Michael Thomas did not play a snap. We suspected quite possibly <laughs> that uh, that might happen. He's played nice. He restructured his contract, so it looks like he's going to be good to go for the 2022 season, but now he's another year older, so and he hasn't played a lick of football in almost like a season and a half, so we're going to have to see what happens. Uh, backing him up, Marquez Callaway, who worked out for a little bit, but 
was kind of, you know, hit or miss every single week. Uh, little Jordan Humphrey, Kenny Stills, Kawan Baker, and Kevin White backing that up on that side. On the other side, you have Deontay Harris, who's actually a restricted free agent, was the best-rated uh, wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints offense. Uh, has some minor off-the-field type issues, so I doubt he's going to sign a big contract, but... I don't know if the Saints are going to be able to resign them. To be completely honest, now you can work these you can work these contracts only so much. You know, to get underneath the cap, it's just whether or not uh, you're, you know, Deontay Harris warrants getting a contract. I think he does. He makes he does make their offense better, but are they going to be able to afford it, or are they just going to move guys around, look at undrafted free agents, people in the draft, you know, to fill in the voids. Uh, behind everywhere. Ty Montgomery also hitting a uh, free agency unrestricted. Let him go. Kirk Merritt, Aesop <laughs> Winston Jr., who the New Orleans Saints actually really like. Uh, I don't know if I really like him. Uh, and then Jalen McCluskey backing up on that side. All of those guys, all average. Uh, Ty Montgomery was slightly below. Uh, Traquan Smith, unrestricted free agent in the slot. <clears throat> think the Saints should just let him go. I don't think he's improved at all uh, since being drafted uh, four years ago. So I'd probably just let Traquan Smith go. You could probably move a guy like uh, Jordan Humphreys over there. Um, Or, you know, move Marquez Callaway over to the other side opposite of Michael Thomas if you're going to let Harris go. Humphreys in the middle. Uh, you got Kevin Kenny Steele's, I guess. You can put him in there. Um, God, this team is hurting. I, I, I don't know how much I would actually look at this team for any type of offense uh, whatsoever. At tight end, Adam Troutman, Nick Vanette, Juwan Johnson is an exclusive rights free agent, Dylan Soner. Garrett Griffin, restricted free agent. Garrett Griffin was just like one of those guys from the practice squad. He just up, down, up, down, up, down. And I'm like, can you just leave him up if you're going to leave him up? Ethan Wolf bringing up the back. <sighs> Tight end position. They're hurting. They're hurting. I mean, Troutman, man, it just should be a guy that just breaks out but hasn't shown it yet, and I don't know if he's going to. Uh, but maybe with, maybe with Sean Payton out there, you're going to get a little bit more stability at the position, uh, where they'll just kind of choose a guy and move on from, and just let him kind of run its course throughout the season. Not much should change as far as the defensive scheme for the saints as head coach Dennis Allen moves up. His assistants and Ryan Nielsen and Chris Richard to split the duties at defensive uh, coordinator. So, kind of know what the system's going to be, which is fine. Let's take a look and see if we got any issues uh, or where our issues are as far as free agents are concerned. At defensive end, you have Cam Jordan. Oh, no. Tano. Pasagnan. Oh, <laughs> I could just say K. Pasagnan. K. Pasagnan. That sounds that'd be like Spanish, I think. K. Pasagnan. 
uh, Peyton Turner and Sharif Finch um, look pretty good at that defensive end spot. At D-tackle, you have David Anyameta, uh Christian Ringo, Albert Huggins, and Braxton Hoyat. They are fine with Ringo and Anyameta. There, at the other defensive tackle position, though, you have Shai Tuttle hitting restricted free as a fr- restricted free agent and Jalen Dalton, an exclusive rights free agent, uh, backed up by Malcolm Roach. So they're hurting a little bit at the one other defensive tackle spot. Now, you could move Ringo in there, but then again, you know, you, you're – your depth is gone. So <clears throat> definitely, definitely a spot to maybe take a little focus on. Uh, the other defensive end spot, Marcus Davenport, highest-rated defensive player uh, this season uh, for the New Orleans Saints there. Uh, he rated slightly below elite. Uh, Carl Granderson and Jalen Holmes behind him, both hitting free agency. Granderson is restricted. Holmes is unrestricted. In your linebacking core, you have Caden Ellis backed up by Pete Werner at one outside linebacker spot. Right in the middle, Demario Davis, uh, the steady Eddie of this defense. And then Kwan Alexander on the other side, unrestricted free agent, backed up by Zach Bond and Andrew Dowell. Uh, Kwan Alexander rated out slightly below average, so that is a linebacker spot that they need to fix. Now, the they have typically the last couple of years not had a lot of depth um, at the linebacker spots, and I think that's something that they really need to take a look at. Because um, I, I, to me, I wouldn't try and fill it with practice squad players that you're going to have to bring up uh, week in and week out as backups. It just because I mean, if Demario Davis goes down, they're pretty much fucked right in there. They're just fucked. I mean, you can move Bond, you can move Dowell, you can move Werner over. But, I mean, you lose a shit ton of flexibility uh, if if a guy like Davis goes down. So that's my two cents there. Strong safety, Malcolm Jenkins, backed up by JT Gray. Uh, so they're fine there. But in free safety position, you have Marcus Williams, PJ Williams, and Jeff Heath, all unrestricted free agents at that free safety position. Uh, so they're either going to draft, they're either going to have to draft the guy. I doubt they're going to pay Marcus Williams anything, uh, to stay. So they're going to have to fix that. Otherwise they're going to have to move Chauncey, um, uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, uh, over to the free safety spot and then fill that, uh, nickel corner spot, uh, which quite possibly might be something that they're thinking about. It wouldn't surprise me because Gardner Johnson can actually play safety spot or can actually play at safety, so wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Marshawn Lattimore on the outside had another decent season, rated 75 plus, uh, backed up by Ken Crawley, Jordan Miller, and Dylan Maben. On the other side, you had last year's rookie in Paulson Adebo, uh, rated slightly above average, backed up now by Bradley Roby, who actually could move up to the nickel corner spot uh, if he's going to sit there. He came over from Houston last year, uh, rated slightly above average, and then you have Bryce Thompson and Kivare Russell also as backup. So they're a little thin. Good defense, thin, thin, thin. So they're going to need to build that up uh, in the depth. I 
do not have the 2022 draft selections. Those don't get put in until next month, which, you know, we're getting there. Um, but I'll have them in there probably right before free agency hits, just so we can kind of take a look and see what happens there. Um, I'll also put in there, uh, everybody knows, you know, I put the needs that I feel for the offense and defense. Those will go in next month as well. Last but certainly not least for the NFC South, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We start out on offense here. Uh, I actually just made a change. You don't have the change on the current ones that put out there, but offensive guard starting starting left guard on offense, Ellie Marpet retired today. So they are hurting in one spot at the very least along that offensive line. They are, I believe, now I believe this number is before the Marpet retirement. And Jesus Christ, what the fuck just drove by my house? That fire truck, what the fuck? Um, as of right now, and I think this is before the alley market retirement, uh, they are $6.8 million under the cap right now. They have 13 offensive free agents, 12 defensive free agents for a total of 25. Look across the offensive line. You have Donovan Smith moved Nick Leverett up at the left guard's position ryan jensen unrestricted free agent at center alex kappa an unrestricted free agent at uh right guard and then tristan Wirfs at right tackle now your two tackle spots are completely fine uh but they're going to have to move a little bit of money around if they want to kind of keep this offensive line intact minus marpet uh so keeping jensen and kappa would be smart moves now your backups at your offensive tackle positions, you got Josh Wells, who's an unrestricted free agent, and Jonathan Hubbard, who is more of a practice squad player. At your offensive guard spots, you have Brandon Walton, John Mulkin, uh, Sedarius Hutcherson, who did not see the field whatsoever, uh, but do have the ability to play. Aaron Stinney, also at offensive guard backup. Uh, rated slightly below average, he's an, he's an unrestricted free agent as well. Your backups at center is going to be Robert Hainsey. <laughs> Hainsey. Kinda, Robert's kind of handsy. He's kind of handsy. Uh, and then Donald Staley, unrestricted free agent there. So they're good. Uh, Hainsey can play a good center, uh, but he can't play as well as Ryan Jensen. So they're going to be better suited uh like I had said, to re-sign Jensen, re-sign Kappa if they can. Um, I'll, I'll pay attention and see if any of that money moves with the Marpet, with Marpet retiring. At quarterback, you also had Tom Brady retiring. So right now, that leaves the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with just Blaine Gabbard as an unrestricted free agent and last year's rookie in Kyle Trask. So they need to figure this shit out really quick. You want to know why? Because uh, we're going to get to running back, and it gets even worse. So Leonard Fournette, I'll, I'll run through the order here. Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, Giovanni Bernard, all unrestricted free agents. Keyshawn Vaughn, the rookie from two years ago, he is the only guy who is not hitting free agency outside of Kenyon Barner 
Now, you also have Le'Veon Bell, unrestricted free agent. They only signed him basically for the playoffs. So uh, basically right now, it's Keyshawn Vaughn and Kenyon Barner. And I don't know if they're going to keep Fournette around, getting a little bit older. They may have to revamp this team. Uh, <laughs> so, yikes. I mean, basically right up the middle. From your center, your quarterback, and your running back, you are, you are ooh, a little thin. A little thin. At your wide receiver spots, you have Mike Evans on the one side, uh, backed up by Jalen Darden, who did nothing more than basically return kicks yes, uh, yesterday, last year, and his rookie year. But he is an interesting player. He's got a lot of speed. So he may be pushed into a little bit more duty. And then back uh, on the back end, Travis Johnson there. You have Chris Godwin for now on the other side. Now, he's an unrestricted free agent, and he's coming off uh, major knee surgery. So are they going to bring Chris Godwin back? Is he going to sit out a year? Um, it's kind of the same questions that we're going to have. We're going to end up having with Odell Beckham Jr. So Chris Godwin was the highest rated wide receiver for this Tampa Bay Bucks offense. You would like to see him, you know, get the deal that he deserves. But again, coming off knee surgery, probably not going to happen. Probably not going to happen. They're not going to franchise tag him. Not like last year. So. Behind him, you got Tyler Johnson, the kid from Minnesota, uh, Brashad Perryman, Wolf, Cyril Grayson. Come on. Cyril Grayson coming out of nowhere. I swear to God, you go into your fucking drafts and you say, Ooh, Cyril Grayson. Remember when he had that one really good game? Yeah, that's with Tom Brady. It's not going to be with Blaine Gabbard or Kyle Trask. I can promise you that. Vincent Smith and Austin Watkins bringing up the rear there. Uh, and then I have Scotty Miller. And they're in the slot for right now, rated as average. This offense is fucking hurting. It's hurting. They're going to have a hard time, I think, getting back into the playoffs just on that offense alone. Then when we move to the defense, let's take a look here, right? So 12 defensive free agents, right? So uh, basically your defensive tackle slash DN spots. Uh, Namakasu, backed up by Steve McClendon, both unrestricted free agents. Elijah Ponder bringing up the rear. Nothing more as a future slash practice squad player. Uh, your nose tackle via Vea. Good. Raheem Nunez Roches. Okay. Willington Prevalian and Kobe Smith. Those two are both practice squad players as well. Uh, and then at the other D tackle slash DN spot, William Golston, backed up by Patrick O'Connor, both unrestricted free agents. And then you got Benning Potato. It's not potato, but I like saying potato because it looks like a weird way to say potato. Benning Potatoes. So they're they're really hurting. They're hurting right away on their defensive line. Now you can move Nunez Roches to either side uh, to kind of fill the gaps in there, but it's they're going to have to attack that. That is a main spot to attack in that defense. Uh, for the draft. Now you got your outside linebacker or moving to the linebacker spots to start at the one side for your outside linebackers. Jason Pierre Paul hitting uh, free agency unrestricted. Just let him go. He is old, really long in the tooth. He lost a step. Uh, he lost a couple of steps this year, uh, and it showed. His backup, Anthony Nelson, 
they may be forced to actually bring him up uh, and then have to fill in uh, his backups through the draft there. Uh, Levante David had a decent year at inside linebacker, uh, backed up by K.J. Britt, Grant Stewart. Stewart Britt, I think they can move to the outside as well. Um, but, again, if you do that, then you're hurting in your depth in the middle because Devin White had a horrible season. Horrible season. If you want to know why we were using tight ends against Tampa Bay, it was all because of Devin White, just leaving that gap open right in the middle. That was the spot to attack. His backup, Kevin Minter, is hitting free agency unrestricted. Uh, Minter did not have a good year. (laughs) Minter, I think, though, can play better than what Devin White was. But they have a lot of money invested in Devin White, so kind of is what it is. Your other outside linebacker spot, you have Shaquille Barrett. Really good year, uh, rated in, in the uh, low 80s, which is awesome. Uh, his backups are Joe Tryon and Cam Gill. Barrett commands a lot of money as well. I don't. They'll probably ask him to you know take some of that money and switch it into a signing bonus. Um just to kind of alleviate some calf space wouldn't surprise me there, but they got to keep Barrett. Otherwise, otherwise the whole rest of that linebacking core is going to fall apart. Uh, especially if Devin white has another bad year and they don't find a guy to suitably replace Jason Pierre Paul at the other outside linebacker. You can't have Levante David and Barrett do it all by themselves in the linebacking core. Uh, your strong safety is going to be Antoine Winfield Jr., kid out of Minnesota. We like him. A little cocky little fuck. Uh, backed up by Mike Edwards, Chris Cooper, and Troy Warner there. So they're good there. But at free safety, again, here's a free safety problem just like the New Orleans Saints. So you got Jordan Whitehead, Andrew Adams, and Curtis Riley all hitting free agency unrestricted. Jordan Whitehead is a guy that they really should keep around. Uh, has had some injury issues this last season, but he's a hell of a free safety. He's good free safety. We got to keep him around because they're going to have some other issues at the um, at the cornerback spots. So, uh, speaking of which, Jamel Dean can't stay on the field, uh, but did rate out very well. Didn't really care much to attack Jamel Dean uh, this season, at least periodically, maybe when he was when we knew he was injured. That's when we attacked him. But he's backed up by D. Delaney and Pierre Desaire. Uh Desaire actually didn't do too bad uh, filling in his reserve. Now, if we go across over to the Carlton Davis side, where he's an unrestricted free agent. Uh oh. Now we like to tie, we like to attack Carlton Davis. You get a speed receiver on Carlton Davis, he's going to blow by him every fucking time, especially the elite guys. Um, his backup is Ross Cockrell, who we also like to attack. So if Carlton Davis is goodbye, which those are the rumors, he's going to be goodbye, and you're going to have Cockrell starting over there. That's a spot to attack. That is a spot to attack. Now. The other two backups on that side, Richard Sherman and Richard Robinson, also hitting free agency unrestricted. So they are very, very thin in the secondary. Add in the fact that Sean Murphy bunting just in the slot, 
just wasn't getting the job done. And uh, it's not hard to see why, you know, teams were able to start passing on this team. So they got a lot of stuff to fix. They better do it quick. Um, otherwise, you're probably going to see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fall out of the playoffs this upcoming season. But we'll see what kind of moves they make. We'll see what the rest of the NFC South makes because, look, it all changes around from every year. Year to year. Year to year. So it is what it is. Next episode, we're going to be going to the NFC West. Let's go out west. That's where we're going in April, and I love it. All right. I'll talk to you guys soon. Oh, you thought we were finished? <laughs> oh, that's why this episode is appropriately named. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs>
down in uh, Arizona, and um, she has decided that she's going to get divorced. And we had kind of been talking about this type of decision uh, for most of the year, so it it wasn't really it wasn't really a surprise except. You know, she was kind of going back and forth on whether or not she was going to do it. And then basically had, you know, told me that she was going to go through with it. And uh, just felt like an incredible weight kind of off my shoulders of just worrying about whether or not she was going to do it, what was going to happen. You know, I won't get into their whole relationship and all that, but... uh, it kind of put me in a good mood, you know. She was going to come. Uh, she's going. She's coming up. She'll actually be up this upcoming weekend, um, and staying with me until you know everything's settled and uh, she feels comfortable to be on her feet and uh, do her own thing. <clears throat> Which you know, anybody and everybody should be comfortable doing for their parents. Um, you know, they took care of us. Why can we not take care? You know, why, why would we not take care of them? Right. So, um, so yeah, had that whole thing happen in December. That's when I started winning each and every week. And then, you know, basically went from zero profit. I was in the red, um, to, um, getting into the black and taking back, uh, a little over 4k which you know is my big my it's my biggest take on the year and everything has kind of gone incrementally um from year to year you win more each and every year we want progression right that's what we talked about before you set the goals i had a higher goal of course um I wanted to win as many of my cash games, you know, weekly as humanly possible. It just didn't happen until uh, about four weeks left in the season. And then I, you know, banked a a small GPP and got second in another one in a showdown slate. So I actually, both the GPPs were showdowns this year, which was way out of the ordinary, um, but took some lessons out of there. So, um, Basically, I guess the lesson is just, you know, if you're having your, if you're having struggles, take a look in your own life, uh, see if there's something that is, is hampering you mentally, um, where you're losing focus on your play and, uh, See if there is something that you can do to either take care of it or in my situation, it it just, you know, it it took care of itself. But, um, you know, if if you kind of figure that out, if it's something that, you know, that you can't, that you can't fix on your own, um, then maybe pull back a little bit and wait until that certain time when stuff can you know, kind of sort itself out, you know, then you, then, you know, you can, you can get back on the horse. You can get in there and win that fucking money. So that's kind of my thing to go. My kids are extremely excited, uh, to have their grandma up and, uh, 
And I am as well. I am as well. I can't wait to get her up here in a nice, relaxed situation. Um, She's been a supporter of me doing this stuff. Um, As goofy as it, you know, might seem to her, at least, you know, she's supported me throughout the whole thing and uh, as well as my kids have. So it's cool. It's cool. We're going to have a lot of positive energy around here, which is awesome. So. But we gotta get uh, we gotta get going here. We gotta get into the NFC West. We're gonna finish this off so we can get back on track, uh, so we can do the AFC this week uh, while the um, NFL Combine is going on. So here we go. And we're gonna start with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Two point seven million dollars below the cap. Thirteen offensive free agents, twelve defensive free agents for a total of twenty-five. We take a look at the offensive line, working from left tackle to right tackle. We have DJ Humphreys, Justin Pugh, Max Garcia at center, who's an unrestricted free agent, Josh Jones, and Kelvin Beecham. Max Garcia at center, rated slightly below average. Josh Jones uh, at, at uh, right guard, rated even farther below him otherwise everybody rated out uh slightly above average which is great for this offense considering the fact that uh you know the last couple of years we really didn't have you know any positive thoughts i don't think on this offensive line we knew it was going to be a little bit better this year uh versus the the couple of years when cliff kingsbury came in as head coach but uh, they're on the right track. Hopefully they can keep making moves, uh, get Kyler Murray protection, and this offense can continue to grow. But, you know, cap, they're tight right now. We'll have to see what kind of moves they make uh, this offseason. A lot of stuff's probably going to come in the draft because some of these guys are just not going to want to pay the contracts to. Uh as far as offensive line depth at tackle positions, you got Joshua Miles, Coda Martin, Justin Murray, and Eric Smith, all rated slightly above average. At your guard positions, you have Sean Harlow, rated average. Danny Isadora, rated above average. And then at center, you have Rodney Hudson and Marcus Henry backing up Max Garcia. They're both rated as average. Now, Rodney Hudson could, Rodney Hudson, Rodney, Rodney Hudson could actually fill in uh, that starting spot with Max Garcia. So I think they'll be all right. Uh, but they really need to kind of figure out that offensive guard spot. Uh, don't know if they're going to be doing that really through the draft. They might move a couple of these offensive tackles around that can play guard. Uh, that would kind of be my thought on what kind of moves they're going to make there. At quarterback, you got Kyler Murray, who actually rated out just above 80, uh, according to Pro Football Focus. So the ratings show that he had a decent year, but we watched Kyler again, you know, that end part of the year, he just all of a sudden kind of cliff dives. Um, so we need him to get a little bit steadier. I will take another shot on Kyler Murray, uh, this year. Um, probably because we're going to get a discount. on. I I would expect that we're going to get somewhat of a discount, you know, a round or two, Um, based off of where he was going last year, which was like fourth, fifth. So I'm looking at kind of like six, seven, somewhere in there. Getting Kyler Murray, I'll take another shot on him. He is still running, um, maybe not as efficiently as, say, a guy like Josh Allen, but he is still utilizing his legs, so he does have some worth there. 
his backup in Colt McCoy, unrestricted free agent, rated out as average, but he was a, he was a stable backup. You know, he got him, he got the Cardinals through that spot when Carla Murray went down with injury against the Green Bay Packers, and he got him through that spot. Trace McSorley is also there. He was a backup uh, quarterback over in Baltimore. They picked him up midseason. Uh, so, you know, he didn't get on the field. Not going to make a, not going to be a big difference maker, but he can actually kind of mimic uh, what Kyler Murray does. Your fullback here is going to be Jalen Samuels uh, when they utilize a fullback. Otherwise, he goes all the way to basically to the back in, as far as the running backs De- and the depth chart are concerned. Chase Edmonds, the pretty much named start in starter <laughs> starter in name only. Uh, he's a um, exclusive rights free agent, rated slightly above average. James Conner behind him is also hitting free agency. He rated uh, slightly above 80, uh, most of that probably coming with his goal line touches uh, and getting you know just a considerable amount of touchdowns. So you got to be kind of careful with him. Uh, we'll have to see where he is getting drafted. Shit, I was going to do that with the ADPs. We'll do that next weekend. Um, we'll push it back a week and see what happens. Um, but J- but James Conner, you got to be careful where he's going. Now, we were getting him like 10th rounder and later, uh, most of our drafts. So for him, depending upon where he goes, if he stays in the Cardinals offense, I'm not paying anything higher than 7-8. Um, but I have a feeling he's if he stays with the Cardinals, he's going to end up going somewhere 4-5th. So be careful on that one. Uh, perennial backup Jonathan Ward, also unrestricted free agent, and then Eno Benjamin, still there, uh, just kind of stealing stealing some touches from time to time. At wide receiver, what are we going to do with DeAndre Hopkins? Rated seventy five plus, uh, but the fact that he couldn't stay on the field and was uh, you know off the field for the majority of that second half of the season as well, uh, really hampered Kyler Murray and Colt McCoy in the passing game. Uh, so DeAndre Hopkins, I would not pay anything more than a late third, uh, fourth round pick for him right now. Uh, basically making him kind of prove it again, and I think that's kind of where he's going to go. Uh, behind him, and Antoine Wesley, uh, exclusive rights free agent, and then Andy Isabella, who's just never never going to be an option for this offense. On the other side, across from him, you have A.J. Green signed the one-year deal, so he's unrestricted again. Greg Dorch and Andre Basilia backing him up. Christian Kirk in the slot is also an unrestricted free agent. Will they bring him back? Um, Seemed to work out pretty well this year uh, in the pay-me type year. So we kind of got to be careful with that. Uh, but Christian Kirk in this offense, I think they would likely want to keep him. Uh, but then you're going to end up moving him to the outside probably a little bit more where A.J. Green was, is going to leave uh, and then have his backup in Rondale Moore take more of that slot role. Rondale Moore is going to be a guy that is going to be the quote-unquote sleeper. I'm still not buying it. He's small. Gets hurt a lot. He, he same shit at Purdue. Um, so I'm not on Rondale Moore. You're gonna have to really, really fucking sell that one to me. At tight end, Zach Ertz 
unrestricted free agent. His backup, Daryl Daniels and Demetrius Harris, both unrestricted free agents. Max Williams, unrestricted free agent, leaving four guys as, you know, tendered tight ends here. Deion Yelder, David Wells, Alex Ellis, and Bernard Sekovitz. And guess what? You're not going to want to use any of them. Uh, Zach Ertz would probably be the guy that you would want the most to be there. Um, but my guess is that they're not going to be, they're probably not going to pay him. And you might see Max Williams end up on a one year deal here. Uh, would I take a look at him? Probably nothing more than best ball if that were to happen. Moving to the defense, it's the 3 4. So we look at the outside D tackle slash DN. Zach Allen who rated out as average Lecky Fotu behind him. Woof. The rating's terrible. Uh, and then the two remaining backups and Michael Dogby, uh, who's a restricted free agent, and Jack Crawford, unrestricted free agent. Never, never would you want them to start. In the middle at nose tackle, Corey Peters, hitting free agency again, unrestricted. Uh, he rated out as average. He's pretty decent in the middle. Um, I was kind of expecting his rating to be up a little bit more. Uh, but that didn't happen. Uh, his backup, Richard Lawrence, maybe could fill in as a full-time starter, um, but I wouldn't want to try it out, if that makes sense. Uh, you'd be much better having Corey Peters in the middle. Uh, remains to be seen. J.J. Uh, Watt hasn't talked about retirement, so I'm expecting him to kind of be back. Um, but don't I... At the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if it might happen. If he just says, fuck it, let's just end it. But uh, J.J. Watt rated 75-plus on Pro Football Focus. His backup, Jordan Phillips, Matt Dickerson, and Jonathan Ledbetter. Ledbetter, again, just like Lucky Foltu. Woof. Outside linebacker, <clears throat> or moving into the linebacker spot, he started at the outside linebacker. On the strong side, Chandler Jones, unrestricted free agent, backed up by Dennis Gardeck, who is also unrestricted, and Kylie Fitz. Uh, Chandler Jones had talked about sitting out last year, so I'm not expecting him back whatsoever. Uh, whether or not they would re-sign Dennis Gardeck kind of remains to be seen. I think they could move uh, Devon Kennard off the other side, on the weak side, and fill that in. Um, but again, it's one of those things where you just kind of got to wait and see, uh, what happens here. Now, maybe you could move Zayvon Collins out there, or you could move Zayvon Collins to an inside linebacker spot and move Isaiah Simmons outside, make him more of a pass rusher. But, um, I guess speaking of which, let's go in the inside linebackers here. Isaiah Simmons, um, who, I mean, his rating, his rating is low. But I still think he's a high-quality player. Um, I don't think Pro Football Focus really gets that one right. I would have rated him at least average um, by their rankings. But they decided that he is basically a 45 to 50 type guy. So it is what it is. Uh, Tanner Vallejo backing him up. And Ezekiel Turner, who's an unrestricted free agent, uh, the third inside linebacker. At the other inside linebacker spot, you have Jordan Hicks, uh, solid, uh, nothing fantastic. Saving Collins, like I said, you can move him over. Uh, and then Joe Walker, unrestricted free agent at that other inside linebacker spot. And then you got Marcus Golden, 
Marcus Golden. Rate of 75 plus. Very good year for him. Devon Kennard, who is also 75 plus and could play on the other side. Uh, Victor Dimukehi. I'm going to say is Dimu Kehi. Victor Dimu Kehi. Uh, but he's still slightly below average, so he's not going to ever get a starting spot. But they can, they should be good at the linebacker spot as far as the starters are concerned, but then you're going to have to fill in, add some depth in there. That would be kind of my guess is what they're going to do. Uh, just to kind of save a little bit of money. Uh, at your starting, uh, starting at your strong safety spot, you got Jalen Thompson backed up by Deontay Thompson and Javon Hagen. Uh, they're fine there. Buda Baker at the free safety position. Uh, they may convert some of his salary into a bonus, uh, freeing up some cash here. Uh, backed up by Charles Washington and Chris Banjo, who are both unrestricted free agents, and James Wiggins bringing up the rear. Now, they do need help at the corner position. We do know that. These corners played like absolute dog shit this year. Uh, on the one side, you got Marco Wilson, Wolf, uh, backed up by Robert Alford, who is an unrestricted free agent. And Robert Alford actually was playing good. Um, he was actually their best corner that they had. Uh, then behind him, Breon Borders and Jace Whitaker. If they're smart, they're actually going to probably sign uh, Alford for dirt dirt cheap uh on the other side you got byron murphy average nate brooks and kevin peterson unrestricted free agent kevin peterson just go fucking pound sand and get the fuck out of here um they just basically picked him up late in the year just to fill in antonio hamilton the nickel the nickel corner um he's fine for the most part as long as he doesn't have to hop out of that nickel spot moving on we have our super bowl champs in the la rams who are currently $13 million above the salary cap. With 10 offensive free agents and 9 defensive free agents, they'll be able to fix, they'll be able to get around that cap space pretty well. Um, it's just going to take some time. Um, this team, this team, they do not have an offensive coordinator yet. At least I have not put one in. <laughs> We're going to say that they have not found one yet, just in case, okay? Um, yeah, they have not found one as of this recording. (laughs) So a lot of questions, especially along the offensive line. That's something that they got to get straightened out here because Andrew Whitworth is expected to retire, um, at the left tackle spot played slightly below elite. Um, so no matter what, no matter who they put in there, they're losing quite a hell, one hell of a player. Uh, David Edwards at the left guard spot. Brian Allen at center is an unrestricted free agent, as is Austin Corbett Corbett at the right guard position. Uh, Then you got Rob Havenstein at the right tackle position, who had an 80-plus rating, Uh, so he had another really good year. Now, some people might tell you that Havenstein can move over to the left tackle position. I'll tell you that he's going to be playing out of position if he does. Um, he's way better over at that right tackle spot than moving him over to the left side. So if they lose uh, Andrew Whitworth, it might be uh, good of them to re-sign Joseph Noteblum, who is an unrestricted free agent tackle. 
uh, to kind of fill in that spot if they're not going to attack it in the draft, which, I mean, they don't have a first-round pick again, so you know, you're not going to take a uh, second or third round uh, pick, especially at 32 uh, on an offensive tackle that you think is going to be able to start at left tackle. So no bloom. That would be the guy that I would hope that they would say, okay, we we do definitely have to resign him. Uh, Your other tackles here, Chandler Brewer, uh, Alaric Jackson, Max Percher, Adrian Ely. Their finest backups, never want them to start. Your backups at guard, Tremaine Ankrum, Jeremiah Cologne, Bobby Evans, and Jamel Demby. Uh, Evans is really the only one worth a shit to move up, uh, but he is going to be a, a complete downgrade if they can't uh, resign Corbett. Uh, backup centers, you got Coleman Shelton, who's a restricted free agent, and Jake Jackson. Brian, again, Brian Allen, you're gonna you're gonna want. Otherwise, it's gonna be a steep, steep drop off. Although you can probably pick up a starting center um, in that in the day two picks. Moving on to quarterback, of course, we got Matt Stafford, who rated out just uh, below elite. His backup and John Wolford, who we just laugh at uh, whenever he's on the field. He's an exclusive rights free agent, probably going to end up resigning. If not, then they still have Bryce Perkins, uh, undrafted. I believe he was an undrafted rookie two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. It might have been last year. I think it was last. I think it was two years ago. Out of I, hmm. Going to have to look that up. We're going to have to look that up, but we're going to talk about the... Running backs while we're here, uh, you got Cam Akers there. Sony Michelle is going to hit uh, free agency as an unrestricted. Uh, Daryl Henderson, Jake Funk, Buddy Howell, who is an uh, unrestricted free agent. <clears throat> and then uh, uh, Javian Hawkins, Raymond Calais, and Xavier Jones. Xavier Jones would be a better backup. Uh, then say Hawkins and Calais, those guys are more of your um, passing down back. Xavier Jones can actually handle the ball. Uh, Arizona State, Arizona State, undrafted. Oh, it was. Oh, I was right. It was two years ago. Yep, twenty twenty. Arizona State before transferring to Arizona Western College. That's right. So I was right on Bryce Perkins. But uh, Cam Akers uh, really did not play well in the playoffs. Um, and the fact that Sonny Michelle was not getting touches, you know, when when Henderson came back for the Super Bowl is beyond fucking me. Um, Jake Funk is nothing more than just, you know, a career backup. I'm not buying into the great white hype. And then Buddy Howell, he's more of a... Buddy Howell's more of a fullback than he is really a tailback, in my opinion. Um, so it's it's going to be the Cam Akers show backed up by Daryl Henderson. It's what it is for next year. Um, depending upon what they do with this offensive line, I know we've talked about Cam Akers in the past can do a lot with very little on the offensive line, but as far as Cam Akers as a first-round pick, slow down. He's going to be nothing more than – he should be nothing more than a second-round pick – based on just his offensive line alone. 
Can he finish as a top 12 running back? Absolutely. But you're probably looking at something that's more along the lines of a back-end RB1, somewhere like RB10 to RB12. Wide receivers, you got Odell Beckham Jr. hitting free agency unrestricted, torn ACL. He's gone. Do not pick up Odell Beckham at all this year. I don't care. I don't care if he comes back in fucking week three, four, five. I don't give a shit if he comes back right before our fantasy playoffs. Do not touch Odell Beckham Jr. at all. In Dynasty, you'd honest you would hold on to him and hope that he comes back, but because you're you're gonna have no resale value on him. So Robert Woods, though, <clears throat> is a guy that we could probably take a look at. We're gonna get a heavy, 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 heavy discount on him coming off injury. But it was early enough in the year to where he can he can definitely possibly come back uh before the start of the regular season. So we'll continue to monitor that as it goes oh man and then backing those guys up ben scrotum neck oh man score neck <laughs> it's ben scrotum neck the son of a bitch can't catch a fucking ball to save his goddamn life oh my god oh my god i hate you ben scrotum neck on the other side we got van jefferson i my interest is still really really peaked on him it's still really peaked now, Van Jefferson has a lot more value if Robert Woods isn't ready to go by the start of the regular season. So pay attention to the whole Robert Woods thing because we might be able to get Van Jefferson for virtually nothing um, and get a guy who can maybe end up being like a wide receiver three. Behind him, Tutu Atwell, Jacob Harris, Landon Akers, Warren Jackson. If you've heard this podcast from last year, after the draft, we said, why the fuck did they take 2-2 Atwell when they didn't need him? 2-2 Atwell is going to be nothing more than a return man. That is it. He's never going to have any significant uh, fantasy value. You can record that back, and you can feed it, and you can try to shove that up my ass in a couple of years. It ain't working. It is not working. Cooper Cup, rated elite, in the slot, good to go. He's going to be a first-round pick. Am I going to take him in the first round? I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be really hard. It's it's he's never going to replicate the season that he had in 2021. Just never is. I would probably if Devontae Adams does end up still staying in Green Bay, I would still take Devontae Adams over him. I would uh definitely take a look at Justin Jefferson. At the very least those two probably before I take Cooper Cup. If I had Cooper Cup in the second round, sure. I'll probably end up taking him there, but it, it just won't happen. Uh, behind him, Brandon Powell and J.J. Koski. Nothing more than role players doing nothing. Uh, tight end, you're going to have Tyler Higby back there. To Tyler Higby. <sighs> oh, that Tyler Higby, Kendall Blanton, Bryson Hopkins shit. That just pissed me off the last two weeks of the playoffs. Just pissed me off. If it wasn't one thing, it was another. We talked about it, so I'm not worried about it. Uh, Johnny Munt, who's more of the blocking tight end guy, uh, he's an unrestricted free agent. And then you got Carl, Carl, Kyle Markway bringing up the rear. 
Moving on to the defense of the 3-4, uh, Robinson at the D-tackle slash D-end spot, uh, backed up by Mike Hecht, Ernest Brown the fourth, and Jonah Williams. They're fine there. Sebastian Joseph Day is an unrestricted free agent at the nose tackle position with Greg Gaines and Bobby Brown the third, backing him up. They can fill that in. I doubt they're going to end up resigning Joseph Day. At least it would be a surprise. They made it through, you know, several weeks without him in the middle, just fine. Now, did tear them up a little bit. Uh, you, it was a lot easier to run. We saw that in the playoffs. Um, so we'll have to pay attention to how they address that because that's a weak link from him all the way up through Troy Reader, um, who I know had a decent playoffs, but that was mostly just in pass rushing. Uh, on the on the other side, at the DN spot, you have Aaron Donald. Nothing much to say there. He's elite. Uh, backed up by Marcus uh, Marquise Copeland, who's a suitable backup there. Uh, linebacking core here, outside linebacker Leonard Floyd, backed up by Ogbania <sighs> Okaranquo. <laughs> I can't fucking say it. I can't say it. I can't say it. I apologize. To Ogbania, but I can't see it. I can't see it. Uh, but any which way, really capable backup outside linebacker. He's an unrestricted free agent. Then you have Chris Garrett and Anthony Hines III bringing up the rear. Uh, at inside linebacker, you got Christian Rosebloom, uh, backed up by Travin Howard, who's an uh, exclusive rights free agent. Rosebloom boom, actually played pretty decent. He was slightly above average. Um, that showed... Uh, if you actually watched him at all this season, uh, he was filling gaps pretty nicely. Troy Reader, like I said, he's a restricted free agent, more of a pass rusher than he is uh, a run stuffer. He's backed up by Ernest Jones there. Uh, Von Miller at the outside line, other outside linebacking position. Uh, uh, at the other outside line. <laughs> See, when I go longer like this, then my words start around. I start fumbling around, even worse than I usually do. Uh, Von Miller at the other outside linebacker spot. He is going to hit free agency. He was rated elite. Um, I would expect him to sign elsewhere. Uh, Justin Hollins and Terrell Lewis backing him up there. Uh, safety was a killer, uh, killer uh, late in the year in the playoffs. It just, guys just falling off a you know, hit injury bug, all that type of shit. Uh, Nick Scott at the strong safety spot rated out as average, but when he was gone, <laughs> when he was gone, uh, shit was starting to hit the fan in there um, with the tight end position. Uh, but Jordan Fuller, Sherrod Neesman, Antonio Brooks Jr., who is an unrestricted free agent, and Kareem Orr all backing him up there. Taylor Rapp at the free safety position, and when Rapp went down, that's when shit hit the fan, really hit the fan. Uh, backed up by uh, Terrell Burgess, Jake Gervas. <laughs> Uh, Eric Weddle, I have listed as an unrestricted free agent, but I am going to put him uh, into the retirement category uh, the next time the updates are through. So now we move to the cornerback positions. On one side, you got Darius Williams, unrestricted free agent, but definitely can have that role filled by Robert Rochelle. Uh, Dante Dion also backing up unrestricted free agent and Grant Haley. So they're going to be a little... A little uh, shorthanded at the cornerback position. 
but as long as Jalen Ramsey is okay on the other side, you know, also filling into the nickel, uh, then you have Tyler Hall, Blake Countess on that side backing up, never touch the field. David Long in the slot also moves to the outside uh, when Jalen Ramsey wants to play that center field position. So they're good. They're just they're good. They're just you know there's not a lot of depth. So they got to get that fixed uh, definitely this season. Who are we moving on to now? Ah, those goddamn 49ers of San Francisco. Also, as of this recording, no offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. $2.9 million under the cap. They have 11 offensive free agents, 15 defensive free agents for a total of 26. We look at the offensive line. Moving from left to right, Trent Williams at left tackle, Lakin Tomlinson, unrestricted free agent at left guard, Alex Mack at center, Daniel Brunskill, restricted free agent at right guard, and Mike McGlinchey at right tackle. Uh, Trent Williams rated out as elite. Lakin Tomlinson, Alex Mack uh, rated out decently at over 70 point, uh, 70 in the performance points by Pro Football Focus, Mike McGlinchey, uh, above average. Daniel Brunskill was rated as average. That was their weakest link. The backups uh, at tackles, Jalen Moore, Justin School, Tom Compton, and Alfredo Gutierrez. All of them can actually fill in uh, at the tackle spots. They could also move guys like uh, Compton. Uh, School has played at guard at times. Um, they can move them in if need be. Uh, but your backups at the offensive guard spots, Colton McKivitz and Aaron Banks, rated as average. So you'd like to see them. You'd like If you're a 49ers fan, you'd like to see them keep Tomlinson at the very least. Um, maybe move Compton into where Brunskill is. But Brunskill, he's a veteran. You break up a group. <laughs> you break up a group. And you got to be really, really careful because then they have to uh, figure out how to work together again. So the more your offensive line stays together, generally as long as you know the players themselves are good, uh, they'll get it all figured out. They know their strengths, they know their weaknesses, and how to back them up. Your quarterback position, you got Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance only. Now, there is talks that they're trying to move Jimmy Garoppolo as much as possible uh, via trade. Uh, We'll have to see if that happens. Now, Trey Lance definitely, definitely needs another year. I didn't like Trey Lance coming out, especially at that third overall pick. Um, Thought that was a little rich on there, but, I mean, what do you want? He's an inaccurate Running quarterback. That's what he is. Can you fix it? Absolutely you can. Can Kyle Shanahan do it? Sure he can. But you'd like to see him at least get two years or at least a season and a half to to get that all worked out. But it's not going to get the chance. Not going to get the chance. Of course, at fullback, you got the, the staple, Kyle Juszczyk. So as good as they come, rated slightly above average there. Pass-catching fullback, love him, love him. Uh, at running back, Elijah Mitchell, you got to pencil him in as the starter. Rated 75-plus on PFF. Behind him, 
Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, both unrestricted free agents. Jamichael Hasty is an uh, exclusive rights free agent. And Trenton Cannon is an unrestricted free agent. So the only guys who are on the roster right now, like signed, ready to go, Trey Sermon and Josh Hockett. Now the question is going to be whether or not Elijah Mitchell is going to hold that job for the whole year. Because you'd like to see Trey Sermon, who they actually spent a higher round draft pick on, uh, I believe it was, what, fourth? Aw, oh, fucking blue, shut out the Blackhawks, get out of here. Um, you'd like to see Trey Sermon actually get on the field. He's got the pedigree out of Ohio State, but Elijah Mitchell right now, he earned the spot. So where are we going to draft him? I mean, are you going to take him fourth round or higher? Be careful with it. Be careful with it. We know what happens with these San Francisco running backs. They get cycled in, in and out. So just be careful with it. We'll pay attention to the ADP as it goes. But to me, Elijah Mitchell, fifth fifth round is probably about the highest I would pay for him. Um, but hopefully by then, then I'd have a couple of running backs that I'm very much comfortable being with because it's not like he's not, doesn't get injured. I know he plays, but shit. There's a couple weeks in there. It was getting real stinky. So at wide receiver, <coughs> Brandon Ayuk on the one side, uh, bounced back the second half of the season. So it was good to see Ayuk kind of get back on track. His backups, Muhammad Sanu, Richie James, who got hurt in the preseason, so but he's unrestricted. Uh, Austin Mack and Keyshawn Johnson, who actually came over from Arizona. On the other side, you got Debo Samuel, rated elite. He's got one more year before he gets that paid contract, right? So Debo Samuel, the wide receiver slash running back hybrid, We'll have to see if that shit continues. Um, that's another. That's another reason why, you know, as far as Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel getting carries really kills Mitchell's stock. But yet, people are going to pay top dollar for Elijah Mitchell. I want the discount because Debo Samuel is there. Debo Samuel is going to end up being uh, probably a first round pick just based off the playoffs alone. So. Pay attention to it. Don't want to. I'm not paying first round for Debo. I'm just not. I'm just not. It doesn't. Something smells really fishy there. Backing him up, Trent Sherfield, who's an unrestricted free agent. Travis Benjamin, who should have been retired fucking years ago. And uh, Connor Weddington backing him up. Juwan Jennings, uh, exclusive rights free agent. Uh, actually played pretty decent in the slot for them, so they would be wise to uh, keep him around, resign him. Which I mean, exclusive rights guys are real easy to resign. So uh, George Kittle comes in at the tight end, was rated elite. Uh, had that run, and then fell off a cliff, which was really absolutely terrible. Now Trey Lance definitely is the starter. You got to wonder if George Kittle is really a guy that you're going to want to draft super high um, in fantasy for your seasonal league. So we're going to have to pay attention to that, you know, see what happens in training camp, see how the throws are going. Um, 
you know he's definitely going to be involved. But remember, he's also a really good run blocker too. So that takes away a little bit from his fantasy value. Backing him up, Ross Dwelly, who's finally hitting free agency unrestricted. Charlie Werner, who should actually become Kittle's primary backup. Um, Tanner Hudson and Jordan Matthews, the wide receiver slash tight end hybrid. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan Matthews actually gets cut. He's getting old. He's getting old. All right. So now we move to the defense. And as of this recording, there is no special teams coordinator. I understand that. Uh, but at outside, uh, outside linebacker, at defensive end, you have D. Ford, uh, Samson, Abuka, uh, Arden Key, unrestricted free agent, and Alex Barrett backing him up there. At D. Tackle, D.J. Jones, Kentavious Street, both unrestricted free agents there. Uh Third guy in the third guy in that stack, Kevin Givens, is an uh, exclusive rights free agent. He rated out his average. DJ Jones is by far and away the best option that they got there. Uh, and then Chris Slayton bringing up the rear at the other D tackle spot. Eric Armstead, uh, Maurice Hurst, who is an unrestricted free agent, and Javon Kinlaw. Armstead played pretty damn good this year. So, uh, with the way that run defense was playing. DJ Jones and Eric Armstead were definitely a part of that. Uh, so if they want to keep that going, they're going to have to keep that crew together. Nick Bosa on the outside at defensive end, slightly under uh, elite there. His backup, Jordan Willis, is an unrestricted free agent. And Charles Omanihu, Omanihu, um, backing him up, they rated slightly above average. At your linebacker spot, you have Aziz El Shahir, uh, restricted free agent. His backup, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, exclusive rights free agent. Uh, El Shahir didn't play too bad, but he was a guy who was starting to kind of fall off. You were able to kind of attack with the tight end uh, from time to time, depending upon the the quality of the tight end. Um, but I mean, he didn't. He didn't play horrible. He played good run defense, so they might be wise to kind of keep him around. Fred Warner is always a staple, right in the middle, uh, backed up by Curtis Robinson. Who, woof! I think Curtis Robinson might have been the lowest rated player um, in the National Football League as far as Pro Football Focus ratings. <laughs> it was bad. Uh, Dre Greenlaw at the other outside linebacker position. You know, he's another staple, uh, backed up by Marcel Harris, who's an unrestricted free agent. So they're thin. They're thin in the linebacking core. I would expect them to kind of attack that in uh, this year's draft. Moving back to safety, your strong safety, Jakisi Tart, unrestricted free agent. Actually, he's he's a pretty okay uh, strong safety, even though he rated out as average. Uh, Talinaru. Hufanga is his backup, and then uh, Dante Johnson, unrestricted free agent back there. Uh, Johnson also plays corner as well. Move him around. Um, he rated slightly above average. He They had him all over the field just out of necessity. Um, and it, 
that's what really kind of brought his rating down. Otherwise, Dante Johnson actually wasn't, you know, ass terrible this this season. Uh, free safety, you have Jimmy Ward. <sighs> Nothing wrong with Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward was the best safety that came out of that draft, uh, out of that draft class. Because I want to say Jimmy Ward came out. Jimmy, I can't. I'd have to take a look at it, but I want to say that he came out in that same draft with Ha Ha Clinton Dix, and I like both of them. He might have been a year behind though too. I'm trying to go back into my Packer thoughts here, but. Jimmy Ward, been a, he's been a he's been a solid safety for uh, a few years now. His backup, Tavon Wilson, unrestricted free agent, and Tarvarius Moore, uh, backing both of them up. Uh, Tavon Wilson is actually not too bad as a backup safety. Uh, moving to corner, you got Emmanuel Mosley on the one side, backed up by Josh Norman, who's an unrestricted free agent. Just let him go. He's getting way too old. He just he's not good. He's just not good. Diomador Lenore, love that name. Uh, backing them up, he's okay. You know, he's he's an average guy. He came in, filled the spot. Um, I liked him a lot better than Ambry Thomas, who everybody was, you know, for whatever reason, kind of jerking themselves off of when just based off of one interception. Um, but Jason Verrett. Got hurt again, right? He he plays above average at the outside corner spot, but just continues to get hurt. He's an unrestricted free agent. He's probably gone uh, this offseason. Kadar Holman bringing up the rear behind Ambry Thomas. And then you got Kwan Williams, unrestricted free agent at the nickel corner. So secondary and linebackers really, 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 really hurting. Um, so they need to come up with some salary somewhere, you know, talk about it, change uh, salary and the signing bonus, something like that, uh, get these guys re-signed if they want to continue to make the playoffs. Last but certainly not least for the NFC, the Seattle Seahawks, $35.4 million under the cap. 12 offensive free agents, 12 defensive free agents. So... Right there, right there. Even Steven for both sides. Offensive line, Dwayne Brown at left tackle, unrestricted free agent, should resign him. Uh, Damian Lewis at left guard. Ethan Posick, uh, unrestricted free agent at center. Gabe Jackson and Brandon Shell at the right tackle position is also an unrestricted free agent. Line played a little bit better than it has been um, in recent years. Still needs some work. Um, they would be wise to, uh, probably keep Dwayne Brown around, but, uh, they can move on at some of the other spots as well if they want to. Now your backups, your backup tackles, Jamarco Jones, he's an unrestricted free agent, Stone Forsyth, uh, Jake Curran, uh, Greg Island and Pierre Oliver Lestage, <laughs> Pierre Olivier Lestage. Um, yeah, they need some depth. They need some, they need some better depth along that line. Uh, you only have two guys at guard, <clears throat> you know, you can move your offensive tackles over there, of course, but, uh, Dakota Shepley, uh, exclusive rights, free agent and Phil Haynes are the primary, 
uh, backups at the offensive guard spots. Kyle Fuller was backing up Posick at the center position. He's an unrestricted free agent, but Fuller can also as well play at either guard spot. So they need depth. They need to rebuild the offensive line. Um, I'm pretty sure they'll probably spend at least a pick or two uh, just doing that. If not, uh, as far as the backups are concerned, you're probably going to see a couple of undrafted free agents in there. Quarterback, Russell Wilson. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? We don't know. If he doesn't stay, that leaves you with Geno Smith and Jacob Eason. Neither one I think you want starting long term. Uh, I do like Eason. I do. Uh, but he's still probably at least a couple of years away. You know, depending if he keeps moving around to different offenses, it's going to take him two years from each time. So it is what it is. We'll see what happens there. Can they get away with Geno Smith for a year? Yeah. But who knows? Uh, if Russell Wilson is still there. It'd be interesting to see if they would go and try to get his replacement this year um, and have him not throw a shit fit. Nick Ballore is your main fullback, win in use. Otherwise, not in use at all, hardly at all. Uh, your running backs, Chris Carson coming off another injury, uh, rated out decently in the 70s. Um, but Rashad Penny, unrestricted free agent, that's the guy that they should re-sign. You would think that maybe they'd be able to get him a little bit cheaper, the hometown discount, the former first-round pick. But I'm wondering if anybody's going to overspend for Rashad Penny anyways. Um, so I would expect him to be back in Seattle, probably booting Chris Carson, to be completely honest with you. Uh, Alex Collins, unrestricted free agent, let him go. DJ Dallas, Travis Homer, slightly above average, uh, but just – primarily backups. Uh, Josh Johnson? That doesn't look right. I think I fucked that one up. But they did pick up Darwin Thompson um, off the street, and then they got Marcellus Sutton, who is a restricted free agent as well. Your wide receivers, DK Metcalf, rated above 80, slightly above 80, so that was good for him there. Uh, his backup, Penny Hart, Exclusive rights free agent Aaron Fuller and Cody Thompson. On the other side, you got Tyler Lockett, who will go on the slot from time to time, but he's primarily stayed out uh, this last year. Also rated slightly above 80, so the two wide receivers are great. Uh, Dwayne Eskridge, John Ursua, John Ursua. Ur- 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 <laughs> that kid showed a lot of promise, man. Coming out of the draft, if you were going to get him late, that he could build up, and he just never came about. That sucks. Uh, last but certainly not least over there, you'd have Cade Johnson. Uh, in the middle, or in the slot, I should say, Freddie Swain. I uh, think he's earned that role. Now, Dwayne Eskridge could totally push him out of there, but this isn't going to be a high-flying offense. We do know that Seattle wants to run the ball as much as humanly possible, so... Not really too much fantasy value there, although Dwayne Eskridge in Dynasty, maybe, maybe. You wouldn't pay anything for him. If he was sitting on the waiver wire, I'd probably pick him up, drop somebody you know, who might have retired. But uh, behind Freddie Swain, then you have Matt Cole. Never good. <laughs> Matt, 
Barely sees the field Cole. Yeah, that sucks. Now, we got a new defensive coordinator, Clint Hurt. Uh, according to our lads, we're looking at a 3-4. That's according to Pro Football Focus as well. Um, so, along the defensive line, your D-tackle slash D-ends. You got Kerry Hyder on one side, backed up by Carlos Dunlap. They actually switch in and out. Uh, they will... Last year they were running they were running a hybrid three four it switches to a four three that puts Dunlap out on the field a little bit more uh, L J Collier and Alex Tingen uh, backing them up in the middle at nose tackle Puna Ford I love it Puna Puna uh, actually rated out pretty decently backed up by Brian Moan uh, restrict who's a restricted free agent Jared who Jared Hewitt and Niall Scott. Uh, blah, blah, don't care. Al Woods at the D-tackle, other D-tackle DN spot. He's an unrestricted free agent. Al Woods actually played decent. Um, if they don't re-sign him, then there's your fix. You can have Kerry Hyder on one side and Dunlap on the other and just worry about backing him up uh, in the draft. Robert Nemechek, uh, <laughs> Nemedich, Ninkovich, Ninkadich, <laughs> Think a dick. I didn't say it like that. I swear I didn't. Robert Nemdich. Ne, uh, ne, ne, <laughs> Kandichi. Kandichi. I'm going to call. I'm going to say the end silent. Fuck it. Robert Kandichi. And Miles Adams backing him up. Fuck it. Neither one. You'd want starting. So if Al Woods has gone in, in free agency, I would definitely see Carlos Dunlap moving over there. Uh, at your linebackers, at the outside linebacker spot, uh, this one would be your strong side linebacker, Jordan Brooks, uh, backed up by Cody Barton. And then you got two exclusive free uh, uh, exclusive rights free agents and Marcus Webb and John Radigan uh, backing them up. They definitely need to improve. Um, on their pass rush, so Jordan Brooks could be uh, could be a guy that they replace in the draft. Uh, Bobby Wagner on the inside at one spot. It's kind of funny that they didn't list anybody backing Bobby Wagner up. Uh, Bobby Wagner is a he's a tough son of a bitch. He'll play everything, but I mean, when you look at the other inside linebacker spot at Daryl Taylor, uh, who rated out as average. Um, they need to improve <clears throat> that spot along with Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner is getting long in the tooth, too. So um, definitely inside linebacker is going to be a spot that they're going to want to take a look at. Uh, backing up Taylor, you have Alton Robinson, Ben Burr, Curvin, and Lakeham Williams, who also back up the Bobby Wagner spot. So even though you don't see anybody behind Bobby Wagner, there's another inside linebacker spot. Of course, they transition to both. Rasheem Green at the weak side linebacker spot. He's an unrestricted free agent. Rated slightly below average. He's backed up by Benson Mayowa, Tanner Muse, and Aaron Donker. Uh, again, linebackers linebacker spot is probably where I would attack first. Um, and we'll get to corners uh, in a minute, in a couple of minutes, but Linebackers probably where I would attack first if they're going to revamp this defense. 
Uh, Jamal Adams is your starting strong safety. Jamal Adams, who they paid way too fucking much money. Way too much money. But it is what it is. That's where they screwed up. He's n- And he's never going to convert that shit either, I bet. Uh, convert it to a uh, signing bonus. I'd almost bet it. I'd almost guarantee it. Uh, behind him, Ryan Neal, the unrestricted free agent, Marquise Blair. Average slightly below. Um, not worth starting there. But you're, you're free safety, so you got uh, Quandre Diggs uh, hitting free agency unrestricted. His backup, Nigel Warrior, uh, exclusive rights free agent. Diggs would be the best guy to have there, but I just don't know if they're going to pay him to be there. Diggs was sliding outside, too, in the in the slot. So, you know, somebody could come in and, and use him as a hybrid as well. Um, so, I, I mean, Seattle really, really should sign him, but I just don't see him doing it. So safety, that, that free safety spot, I would pay attention to that. You get one of those taller, bigger uh, corners, they could convert him into free safety in the draft as well. Uh, moving on. To the cornerback positions on one side, you got DJ Reed, unrestricted free agent, who I'm actually surprised rated out as 75 plus. I didn't think he played all that well, um, but most of that I believe came late in the year. Early in the earlier in the year, you could pass on G- DJ Reed, and then he started kind of getting a little bit better and shutting that down. Um, so yeah, it kind of dried up. That's kind of when we started going into the slot a little bit more. Um, John Reed, ex- exclusive rights free agent, and bless Austin, a restricted free agent backing up Reed. On the other side, you got Sidney Jones, who's an unrestricted free agent. He rated as a 70-plus. He's backed up by Michael Jackson. <laughs> Michael T. Jackson, who actually isn't that good. Uh, he's rated a slightly above 80 on pro football focus, but he's not nearly that good. Trey Brown and Gavin Heslip uh, bringing up the rear, and then you got Ugo Amati in the slot, who's just fucking terrible. So if they can re-sign Cadre Diggs and then attack the linebacker spots and corner, I think they can get away with it. But like I said, I just don't see I just don't see them overpaying for Quandre Diggs and I think that's what they're going to have to do. But I don't know what to tell you. That that is going to be a job for uh the GM of the Seattle Seahawks. It's also going to be a job for their new DC and Clint Hurt to kind of figure out and get the pieces to work. But Speaking of work, I'm fucking done. I'm fucking tired. I know you can hear it in my fucking voice, too. So, moving on. We're going to move on to the AFC. Again, north, south, or uh, north, east, south, west. And then I promise, I promise I'm going to get that USFL. But like I said, I want to get good and fucking hammered for that. And that's probably going to come this weekend. So, if anything. Unless I get a day off. And then I'll say, fuck it, and I'll get drunk. Just for you. Just for you. But for now, 
I'm fucking out of here. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. I got work in the morning. Peace out.